Welcome to another waiver wire episode of the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. I, as usual, am Callan, and we have some exciting news with regards to the podcast. Uh, I guess not so exciting for AJ. He's going to be taking some time off the podcast. He's okay. His just schedule is no longer able to afford doing the podcast weekly with us. So he may be back towards the end of the season, but he's currently working through some scheduling stuff. But I'm excited. He's healthy. He's safe. He's okay. It's just some scheduling stuff with uh, an all for the podcast. But if you like Mario's voice, he will be sticking around for us <laughs> the next couple of weeks with us. Uh, he did great stuff for us last week. And maybe he'll get to throw in a few more eagle tidbits. So, Mario, welcome aboard. Welcome back. Uh, how's everything going? Hey, happy to be here, Callan. Yes. Um. Yeah. I guess he's like. I guess on IR, you could call it. So I'm. For, uh, you know, I got called up. My number's called. So happy to be here. If you didn't like my voice, sorry, but uh, <laughs> I'm here to stay for a couple of weeks. Look, if you're dealing with uh, weird voices, you've dealt with me for about a year and a half now on this show. So <laughs> you're here still. So let's uh let's get rolling. We got an exciting week of the waiver wire this week. We had a. Uh, a trade that broke fantasy football Twitter that happened over the weekend that we need to recap now. We had injuries that are going to break fantasy football Twitter. And we also have only two teams on bye this week. So, you know, the wave wire may not be as important because we don't have as many people out. But the two teams that are out are very fantasy viable. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers, guys that I'm sure both of us and literally everyone who is listening to the show have at least one player for. So two high-powered offenses that are going to be missing – players there's a lot of guys you can go stream there's a lot of good names on the wave wire so we're gonna dive right in and you know we start talking about uh, the big trade that's gonna hold off for a moment because there is one bigger name we want to start off with and just to get it out of the way Brees Hall's out for the season potentially more than likely of a torn ACL we're not gonna dive into it because he's currently 68% roster just say a note if Michael Carter's available in your league you drop all the fab you can to go get him because he could be a potential league winner of how good the Jets look. Uh, it's, what a sentence. Words I never thought I would say, but the Jets actually look good in their run first offense. So Michael Carter is available. You go get him. End the story. Moving no on. Doubt. No doubt. He's like the number one on my list. Um, I'll say in most of my leagues, he's already taken, but there is one. So exactly that. All the fab's going towards him. Yeah. So then the next target, I guess – Next running back on the list that would be my probably top priority ad in terms of running back, even ahead of these Panther running backs, is Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins has just placed on IR prior to last week with the uh, knee inflammation, so he's going to miss a minimum of four weeks. And everyone thought, oh, great, Kenyon Drake's back. This is, Kenyon Drake got the bulk of the work. Kenyon Drake's going to lead over. He had five yards, and the majority of the work went to Gus Edwards. 16 carries, 68 yards. He had two touchdowns. He was very used, and they were clearly trying to work Gus Edwards in. So, Mario, help us try and break this backfield down a little bit. Do you think this continues for Gus Edwards? Do you think they work in Kenny Drake more? Where do you see uh, Edwards moving forward? I see Gus Edwards. I'll say this one um, is a little close to my heart because I actually picked up Gus Edwards right before the games this past weekend. But um, I started Drake because I was like, you know, he was great last week. He's probably going to be the main guy at 102 p.m. So just after the game started, I saw a tweet that Adam Schefter has Gus Edwards in his lineup. And that's where I knew I made a mistake because if Adam (laughs) Schefter has Gus, like I should have put in Gus. And like you said, uh, Kenyon Drake had 11 attempts. So he got the volume five yards. So less than half a yard a carry. I don't know how he did it, but. Definitely Gus Edwards. I could see him being the guy going forward. He got the goal line opportunities. It was very clear he was the workhorse back. I will say something always about the Ravens' backfield is Lamar is the running back number one. 
but Gus Edwards got the goal line opportunities. He got the, he got the red zone opportunities. He got the two touchdowns, of course. Um, he got the volume 16 attempts. So definitely Gus Edwards, uh, like you said, above the Carolina backfield. I like Gus. So if you were able to pick him up as soon as you heard the Dobbins news, terrific. If not, make the move to get him now. Yeah, and you look at the snap counts. Like you said, Marvo is number one. Gus Edwards on the field for 35.9% of snaps. That's ahead of Justice Hill, who's even ahead of Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake may even be third. I'd expect him to probably be a little closer to Hill. I think Drake works his way in, but I think Gus Edwards right now remains the number one. It's going to be a split. You're not going to get a clear like Kenneth, or, uh, Kenneth Walker situation in Baltimore. But you're going to have a guy who's he clearly excited. He's the goal line guy. He's the guy that's going to get the short yardage. He's more mm-hmm. like a touchdowns. They don't really throw the ball to their running back all too much. You look at the target share. The highest was 12, and that was to Patrick Ricard. So they're not really going to use any of these guys in the passing game. So yeah. Gus Edwards is a clear number one in this backfield, and I think he has that uh, potential. Uh, we can't say league-winning potential because you don't think Dobbins going to be out for the season. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that, but no, he's got... and I don't think I don't think their backfield is like that league winning potential. Like we know Seattle, like we talked about Kenny Walker, but like Seattle, we know loves running the ball no matter who's back there. So with um, the Ravens backfield, I am just a little hesitant because it always is a committee. And like I said, like Lamar at any given chance, he could be the guy that has the three rushing touchdowns and you're running back, uh, you know, maybe 40 yards and no receptions because they don't throw to him. Completely agree. I think that. I'm very intrigued with Gus Edwards. You need a running back this week. You're not going to have Clyde. You're not going to have Eckler. Gus Edwards out there just under 50% of leagues. He's currently rostered in 43% of Yahoo leagues. So he's available. You go get him. He can carry you for a couple weeks while you deal with buys, and you could be in a really good spot. So this other running back we can talk about, the Panthers situation is wide open because of the trade of Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Problem is – they didn't exactly clear up who the main guy is, at least in my mind. They started Chuba Hubbard, but Deontay Foreman actually had more snaps, but mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard was more involved in the passing game. So, more, I'm just going to ask you straight up. If you had to pick up one of these Carolina running backs, they're both currently pretty widely available. Foreman's at 49% roster, and Chuba Hubbard's at 36% roster. If you needed to stash one, or if you are in a desperate play and need to start one, which one do you think is more upside? Which one are you trying to grab? How are you playing out this Carolina backfield? Yeah, so of course, uh, you know, if you have to prioritize who you're spending your, your fab, your waiver pickup on, I like Foreman. Uh, Foreman didn't get the start. We mentioned Hubbard got the start. But Foreman actually had a little bit more of the snap count, 54% to Hubbard's 46. Uh, he got more rushing attempts, 15 to 9. He got almost double the yards, 118 to 69. I will say Hubbard got the touchdown, but if you're just getting the more opportunities, that's what I always chase, right? That's what I've been taught the years of playing fantasy. You chase opportunities. Foreman got a little over, um, a little more snap count than Chubba Hubbard did. And like I said, about double the rushing attempt. So I'm chasing the volume. I'm chasing the opportunities. So I'm going after Foreman if I have to choose one. I would agree. I think Foreman's the one I want. What's interesting, though, is if you're in a PPR league, Chuba Hubbard did get 13, 14% of the targets, which is a pretty nice chunk for Carolina. Now, how will it be used moving forward? I don't know. P.J. Walker does seem like he's going to start this coming week. But <laughs> Baker Mayfield's coming back. Sam Darnold's Maybe. coming back. It's going to be a week-to-week thing with the quarterbacks with um, how Steve Wilkes is managing that team. The Panthers are a mess. We know that. Um, I think, like I said, the opportunities there for Foreman. Chuba Hubbard did get did look good with his opportunity. He got seven yards per carry. So I wonder if this does get more to a 50-50 split just from how good Chuba did look. But if you had to start one, like I would agree, 
that Foreman got more opportunities. He's the guy I'm most interested in. But if you can afford to stash Chuba Hubbard, there's no reason not to. He's got the upside. You saw what he did last year when he got some opportunity. And he had a few weeks where he was helping you move through the weeks in your lineup. And I think he's got that good upside to be a you know, RB2 in Carolina. They're going to be down by a lot. They're going to not be running it too much. But I think a solid RB2 is a good floor for both of these guys. And um, You can't go wrong either way. But if you had to pick one, Foreman's one I want. Definitely agree there. And I'll say, like, even against Tampa Bay's defense, I know Tampa Bay looked awful this past weekend, but they're a solid defense. So, so, so to see both of them perform gives you a good sign. And I'll say, um, I know we talk about, like, the percentage of target sh- um, share. Uh, Chubba Hubbard had three targets to Foreman's two. So it's like it may have been yeah. a little bit higher percentage-wise, but that's also because they're not slinging it too, too much in Carolina. Yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind, too. Like, you know, we look to those uh... – Target shared, like you said, it's a very short difference in what <laughs> one, you know, one, pa- one target. Yeah, you look at it, it's like, oh, five percent target share difference. Like he's more target, and you're like, wait, nope, it's one target. So yeah, yeah. definitely something to keep in mind. And uh, you know, they could completely flip the other way. I think we, it may be a difficult backfield to predict. We may be coming back to it each and every week, trying to say our starts of shows and be like, all right, which guy is the main guy each week? But mm-hmm. if you can get one of them, you want the starting running back on any team, even a team like Carolina. So you move forward with that. But this show's not all about running backs, and there are some interesting wide receivers out there on the on the wire this week. Mario, I'm just going to throw it to you. We, we talk about these running backs, but let's shift over to receiver. Who is your top priority in terms of receivers this coming week? So it's tough. So there's a couple different options. Um, but I'm going to come on. I'm going to look at a team that's coming off the bye right now. So I'm looking at the Bills. And I'm looking at Isaiah McKenzie. Um, sleepers numbers must be off because it says zero percent rostered. So I'll I'll turn to you on what percentage he's rostered in. But um, I'll say before the buy, you know, uh, he didn't do too well. He was projected for about ten and a half points, only got two point nine. But he did have about fifty one percent snap count uh, percentage. So you'd like to see that he had five targets. He just couldn't do anything with them. Uh, but you'd like to see that he's getting the targets right. So he only had two catches on his five targets week before that. He didn't play, um, but then. Week four at Baltimore, um, he had six targets, brought in four of them, got a touchdown. So you like to see that. Week before that against Miami, week three, he was on the field, 51% of the snap count, nine targets, brought in seven of them for 76 yards and a touchdown. So, again, like there's the bye weeks you may not be hurting too much because Kansas City, it's like I don't even know what wide receiver you're like itching for over there. Um, but, you know, Mike Williams may be hurt. Keenan Allen, if you've been stashing him, yeah, he's on a bye week anyway. So I kind of like Isaiah McKenzie as just like a flyer. Maybe you're in a deeper league or something. Um, so McK- Isaiah McKenzie is what I'm looking at. So before we move on, there's uh, some actual breaking news that just broke. I saw Ian Rapport just tweeted, and we talked about Michael Carter being a must-add. Hold off on that. The Jets are making a trade. They're acquiring James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Whoa. So this hold off on breaking Michael, news. Yeah, hold off on Michael Carter being a league winner. Obviously, if he's still out there, stash him, see how the split gets made. But I'll take back what I said about having him having league winning upside right now. I think, uh, you know, oh my very, very interesting. That's I just want to. I just got to say real quick, I am a huge James Robinson stan. I mean, I drafted him in a lot of my leagues in like that round 9, 10 because I was a true believer. I was not believing the Eddie in noise. I thought it was just noise at that. These last couple of weeks have been very painful. All of my group chats are just like roasting me uh, for starting Robinson two weeks ago and getting maybe like three points. So luckily I didn't start him last week for that half a point he got. But oh my goodness, this is absolutely huge for Robinson stands. If you held him, 
Like, this is your day. Sorry for all those Breeze Hall owners. And, of course, sorry for Breeze Hall. We don't root for injuries. But let's go. Let's go, James Robinson. (laughs) That's going to be very interesting moving forward. And we'll leave it for Eric and Ryan to tell us what he means for your start-sit lineups. But, yeah, very, very fun day for football. And look at the Jets making a big splash. That's Good for you, Jets. And, and like, making moves to win. (laughs) It is really fun. We talk about being a run-first offense, and they're continuing to – employ that by going to get someone like Robinson but back to the waivers because that's why you're listening to us uh my number one receiver and I do echo what you said about Isaiah McKenzie there's a lot of excitement there but the one I'm most interested to and maybe there's a slight hesitance now with the quarterback change in Indianapolis but Paris Campbell what he's doing is deserves some attention and yes it's Paris Campbell he gets hurt but the past two weeks combined he has 23 targets last week he had 10 receptions for 70 yards touchdown he's caught a touchdown in two straight weeks alec pierce has now been promoted back down to the third receiver on a depth chart behind or in terms of target share say behind Pittman and of course paris campbell i don't think this is going away and i i do think you have to stash him at this point because you want to see what ellinger's rapport with him is but the fact is he's being widely used and we do like Alec Pierce and he's still worth holding I'm not saying drop Alec Pierce by any stretch mm-hmm. but what Paris Campbell is doing cannot be you know avoid you can't ignore what he's doing because also you said we're you're down Keenan Allen this week you're down Mike Williams this week you're down Juju this week you're down you know if you set on one of the tight ends in your flex you're down some running backs you're throwing Clyde in your flex there's a lot of viable options out there guys who you're going to be missing and the use of Paris Campbell and who knows maybe Ellinger continues to keep that rapport going I think Paris Campbell is not fully going away so the upside that we've touted for years in the fan student tree about Paris Campbell maybe it's finally coming to fruition and I, I'd say it maybe because we've been down this road many times in the past about Paris Campbell finally breaking out and then something happens but I think at this point we know what the Colts are and they're going to be throwing for a lot because they're, they don't look good right now. And I want, you don't know if the Ellinger move is a desperation trying to shake it up. Or if, as some people say, they're, you know, they just want to see what the young kids got because they know what their season is going to turn out to be. So um, definitely go get Paris Campbell stash him. I don't know if you want to start him right away just because of the quarterback change, but 23 targets in two weeks from anybody is not worth ignoring. I will say I'm going to now do the little contrarian to uh, Paris Campbell, not um, sure. not to be a hater. But so one thing where I do think about this volume is coming from is you look at Matt Ryan's last two games. He threw it 44 times last week and 58 times the week before. I'm not sure if Sam Ellinger is going to be asked to throw the ball that much. Um, but if he is, I definitely like Campbell there. But I'm just going to put a little asterisk there. Um, and I'm going to input my own little guy if I'm going to rain on Campbell's parade. I got to bring someone else to the party, right? So I'm going to stay in the division. I'm going to stay in the AFC South. And I'm going to say Zay Jones of the Jaguars. Um, we just talked about James Robinson. And um, maybe, maybe like, I don't know, Jaguars are a weird fan team to have any players on, on your fantasy team. But we used to say that about the Jets. And now here we are. Um, but so Zay Jones, the last couple of weeks, he's had 99% snap count. Before that, 98% snap count. So he's on the field. points last week, 9.2 the week before. Um, Christian Kirk is still the number one there. You know, follow the money. He got paid to be the guy there. But Zay Jones is kind of emerging as a pretty solid wide receiver too. He's been all over the place. I mean, his floor, his worst game of the season, he put up 4.2 points. But besides a 4.2 and a 5.3, this is all PPR, 
Um, he's had a 12.5, a 24.5, a 9.2, and a 10.8. So, and again, like he's on the Jaguars, so no one's paying attention to the wide receiver two on the Jaguars. But I think Zay Jones is kind of like one of those little sleeper picks that may not be a league winner, but he's good to stash in case you have bye weeks coming up. He's always good to, you know, just have some lottery tickets on your bench. So Zay Jones is someone I'm keeping an eye on. I definitely like that call. I feel like uh, AJ and I have touted him in, in the past on the show. And when you when he, <laughs> yeah. when he was gone, we had seen the Jaguars try and find someone to fill the Zay Jones role. And then he finally comes back and is fully healthy this past week. And what happens? The Jaguars right away give him 10 targets last week. Again, they're 10 targets in the Giants. So there's volume there. And like the Kirk's still the one. But now that there's less James Robinson, we know it's, it's Travis Etienne's backfield. And we maybe that's going to open up more to Trevor Lawrence to throw the football more. And he's been. He's been slinging it. He's been doing good. You know, I, I'm an Eagles fan, so I trust Doug Peterson's developing the quarterbacks. You know, Philadelphia, the QB factory, as they like to call it. So I like I like the Trevor Lawrence, like, step forward he's taken this year. And like I said, Zay Jones, he's been on, like, the, the Adam list, like, every single week. But, you know, then he either has, like, a bad week or he misses time. But I think, like I said, he's a good stash. He's, like, a quiet guy that you're not going to be too excited. He's not a sexy ad, but I think he's a solid one. He's safe. Like you said, and safe. I think it's a, it's a very safe floor in terms of you're losing these wide receivers. Throwing Zay Jones, you know he'll get you 10 to 15 points just in PPR especially because he's going to get close to you know 8 to 10 targets at this point. He's had that in pretty much every game throughout the season. He's had four of his six games this season with eight or more targets, so there's volume there. You can't teach it's, that. You can't teach exactly. targets. Exactly. <laughs> it's clear they like him. He's got a role. Again, another name we didn't really know we talked about much, but there's a clear role there. I, I I like the call. I think there's more upside of Paris Campbell, but if you needed the safety, Zay Jones is very definitely. very good. I, I think you, I would I definitely like that call. And the final player that we want to go a little bit more in depth on, we're going back to the running back position, and I want to talk about Kyron Williams right now, just because with the Los Angeles Rams, it's news about Cam Akers on the uh, being on a trade block. Now, he's talked about – they mentioned Kyron Williams a lot. He had a lot of preseason hype. There's a lot of, uh, you know, volume volume coming into him in terms of how many fantasy analysts are talking about him. So, so what are you doing with in terms of Williams? Is he someone that you're interested in trying to stash? You know, give us a little insight on him. I know you kind of touted him before the show when we were talking about this. So what's your insight in terms of him? Where do you see – you know, do you think he could take over his backfield at some point? I think he can. I think this backfield's kind of wide open, and I'm going to go all the way back to week one. Um, Adam Schefter, the, I, I think I mentioned him earlier in the show, but so Adam Schefter tweeted out in week one that Kyron Williams, before he got hurt, was actually taking the first team reps, and it seems like the the Rams and Sean McVay really like him. Of course, he's been hurt these past couple weeks, uh, but especially if you have IR spots in your league, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's still on the IR so he's worth the stash, right? It costs literally nothing if you have an open IR spot. You just add him, you throw him there. Of course, you have to maybe like drop someone. Like when I added him, I just dropped the worst person on my team just to stash him on my IR spot. And then I go and grab someone else anyways. Um, because the upside here is it could be his backfield. We know Akers is on his way out. Malcolm Brown, we haven't seen too, too much out of. Henderson's been fine with his opportunities. But to me, it's clear that they don't love him, right? Otherwise, he'd be more involved and he would be like a pretty viable RB2. And he really has, he's been fine. So Kyron Williams, I like him, especially if you have IR slots. I know some leagues play without it, but if you have it, it's absolutely worth the stash at little to no cost. 
Yep, it's very safe. You know, this is an offense we still think can get back to being a little more high-powered, so if you can get the starting running back there. You know, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, those aren't names that, you know, they're solid, but none of them really stand out as they can take over a backfield. So maybe there's that chance that Kyron Williams can. And for a stash on your IR, on the back end of your bench, you can do a lot worse than a potential. You know, he's got that league-winning upside in terms of if he can take over that backfield. Now, it's very – I would say it's – it's unlikely he'll fully take over the backfield, but they can carve out a role for him where he can be a difference maker into your lineups, I'll say. Agreed. I think that the only thing with him is, is we have seen that LA has kind of been not living up to expectations. So you have to wor- maybe worry about that. Um, and then again, maybe he is splitting it with Henderson, but uh, he is Kyron Williams is definitely someone where either like I'm maybe I'm not spending a lot of fab on him, but especially like after waivers cleared, like there is, there's absolutely like nothing wrong with after the waiver's clear, go look at the who's available. That's when I picked him up. So either use like a low prior waiver, waiver stash um, or just like a little amount of fab. But for you're free on your IR slot, you can just have you can have a potential running back to in a air quotes, high powered offense. And before we move on to our streaming candidates for a week, is there anybody, you know, we go through our top five or six pretty in depth and we went back to discussion with us. Is there anybody else you want to throw out there as a, you know, if you miss out on these guys, who are you trying to, you know, your backup bids? So I got two. Um, I'm going to stay in LA for a second, same team for the Rams and and also staying on the IR, but uh, Van Jefferson just got cleared off of the injured reserve. So he's coming back. I know that uh, Allen Robinson has kind of been like up and down, you know, he's kind of had expectations, not living up to him. And we know Cooper cup is still the guy that's going to get the 90% target share, whatever he has there. And we also know Matt Stafford, you know, hasn't looked super great. Maybe doesn't have a lot of time to throw for a late threat like Van Jefferson. But uh, if you need someone, if you need just like an absolute dart, you know, I like Van Jefferson. He was pretty solid last year in in between times when either OBJ was hurt or Bobby Trees was hurt. He kind of filled into that wide receiver too nicely. So I like Van Jefferson as, again, as just like a dart throw. Bobby Trees is just one of the best nicknames in football. Top, every time I every, nickname. every time I hear that, <laughs> there's a giant smile that comes across my face. I, I love it. But yeah, Van Jefferson, with how the use of Allen Robinson how up and down is, maybe he takes right over as the second target for Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford, which we were very excited about coming in the season. So I don't see why it should all of a sudden change. But obviously it's a lesser upside based on how they're performing so far. But we just talked about them as having that. You know, I personally believe they can turn back to that you know, league winning offense. I don't know if they will, but they've got that potential we've seen in the past and they're coming off their bye week. So it can only help them. So Ben Jefferson, if he's out there, he's perfectly worth a stash. We're talking about a lot of receivers that are getting hurt right now. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Ben Jefferson, I really, I do really like that call. And for me, since we're talking about wide receivers, I'll throw one out there that I think is a very easy play for this week. And it's come, we talked about the Jets being a surprising team. It comes from a six and one New York Giants. I'll still tell Wondell Robinson. Yeah. Last week he had a 15% target share, which or, excuse me, last week he had eight targets, 50 yards in his first game back from injury with a 27% target share. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks who have not exactly been a shutdown defense against the passing game this season. So if you need to fill in for someone for Juju, for Allen, for William, you talk about those receivers you're missing. I think Robinson has that you know flex appeal. Being the clear number one receiver on the Giants, your highly touted guy last week of Daniel Bellinger, unfortunately had that scary injury where, you know, I hope he's doing okay because that looks really bad, but that's another weapon out of the Giants passing attack. And yeah, Saquon's going to carry that offense, but Jones got to throw the football to somebody. 
And Wondell <laughs> Robinson is clearly the most talented of the these receiving options. So it, it, obviously Darius, Darius Slayton caught touchdown, but we've been down the Darius Slayton role many times <laughs> and it never works out. You can go back no. to two seasons ago when I was on the start sit show, I was trying to say Slayton could be interesting at some points and no, he never was. So he was a name I couldn't quit for a while, and I finally quit this year, and I'm happy about it. But yeah, <laughs> except when I put him in DraftKings a week or two ago, thinking he was going to be good, and he wasn't. But anyway, Wondell Robinson, he's going to be the number one for Daniel Jones. They're playing mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. They've got great matchups coming up this com- next couple of weeks. And you know, we talk about how many injuries come to Giants. I'll continue to tout him until he gets above that 50% threshold, or the receivers get hurt or back, and he starts becoming less of a target. But while he's still out there as number one. He's a very high play for me this week. I love it. And I think we talked about him last week. So it was like good to get that like vindication, you know, like where it's like he had 12.7 uh, two weeks ago and we're like at him and then he follows it up with an 11 point. So definitely felt good. And yeah, the Bellinger, I will say like I, I came on this show. I told my friends to listen to it. And of course, one of them steals Bellinger right under my nose with a higher wire waiver pick. So <laughs> this is uh, why you don't tell your friends about the show. You tell everybody else. You don't tell people you're in leagues with. Not the show. I, yeah, I learned that the hard way. So Bellinger got sniped for me. But yeah, w- Wandell Robinson, definitely. We talked about him last week. Uh, we're going to talk about him again. He's a great ad. Yes. And I know I cut you off. You did say you had two. Is there anybody else you wanted to add before we move on? I got one more. I talked about this player last week, but I actually said his name wrong. I saw it in the comments. Hand up. That's on me. I said Duke Johnson. I actually meant Dearness Johnson was that backup running back for Cleveland when both Chubb and Hunt were out. Uh, so Dearness Johnson was who I referenced last week. And I'm going to say him again, just because there's, there's some rumors that Kareem Hunt might get moved before the trade deadline. So if Hunt's gone, it's just Chubb and Johnson. We see that Hunt already gets some pretty solid volume as is, is the number two in Cleveland. Um, and Chubb, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but, you know, he has missed some time in the past, so I don't think he's too, you know, uh, I think it's worth adding Dearness Johnson. I think you could get that number two role. And then, again, he's like an amazing handcuff because we've seen Cleveland loves to run the ball. Yeah, I completely agree with that. If you can get him out there right now, Kareem Hunt seems like he's going to be out the door before the trade deadline in Cleveland, especially now you see what Christian McCaffrey gets. The Browns are definitely going to be looking to move him, considering the haul you can get for running backs right now. So, obviously, Kareem Hunt's no Christian McCaffrey, but there's teams that need running backs. There's <laughs> Pretty a lot close, of injuries. though, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries, and Kareem Hunt's got that potential. So, definitely could see him moved, and Johnson would be a solid handcuff. And, you know, have some fun. We've seen what he can do. Even as the two, there's some work to be had there. So, I like that call a lot. So, we'll move over to our streamers of the week. We talked about the, the tight end position. We talked about Daniel Bellinger getting hurt. So that hurts your you know your call from last week. But let's redeem ourselves this coming week. Who is your you know top priority in terms of tight end? Because you're missing two starring caliber tight ends this week. Yeah, tight end, I'll say I, I did a quick like peek through. Um I wasn't too nobody like really popped uh my eyes, but I will say I think uh Greg Deluch, am I saying his name right? Over in um I think it's uh Dulcich. Greg Dulcich in Denver. Yeah. Th- thank you. Yeah, Dulcich in Denver. Uh, I think he's owned in around eleven percent of leagues. We saw nine targets in week seven. So I mean I yeah nine targets in week seven. That for a tight end is like all you can ask for at this point. I feel like tight end is an absolute barren wasteland this year. So he's one I'm looking at. Um otherwise there's not really too, too much. Um, did you have any others that were like really eye popping for you for tight ends? No one really stands out. It hasn't, you know, it's been kind of just, you know, the middle of the road. I'll say Kate Otten in Tampa Bay with no uh, Cameron Brait. There's going to be some volume there. He, he, there's still Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, of course, compete with targets with, but 
we know that Tom Brady uses the tight end position. They're playing the Ravens, who haven't been exactly a, a stout defense to start the season in terms of uh, their ability to ten points. They're fouling a lot. There are a lot of teams come back this season. So I think there's some upside of K-Dot in there. Obviously, at this point in tight end streamers, you're hoping they catch a touchdown. So I'm interested in him. So I think he'd be probably my top ad there. I actually got one more that I didn't think about, but um, I'm going to go and say Evan Ingram. I think we might have talked about him yeah. last week. Um, I, I'm checking now on Sleeper, and the numbers may be off, but it looks like he's rostering about 42% of leagues. He's coming off a 10-point performance before that nine-point performance. We already talked about the Jaguars. I'm like, I don't know. It's still weird. Like, I have uh, like three Jaguars on one of my teams right now. It just looks dirty whenever I see that. I'm like, what? Like, this is a mess, but it's winning. So, whatever. But <laughs> all I have to say, Evan Ingram is like one of those surprising options. Um, coming off 10 point performance before that, 9, 12. He's getting good snap percentage 85, 78, 75. Good targets as well. Uh, 7, 6, 10. Before that was one, but that was the rainstorm in Philadelphia. So, I'm kind of throwing that game out the window for them. So, I'll say Evan Ingram, if he's available in your league. Pretty solid option. Really like that call. I think there is a – I think Evan Ingram can get into that uh, starting caliber tight end thing where he's in that 10 to 12 range where you're probably starting him most weeks, but he, he's working himself into that. So I really like that one out there. And I didn't realize he was still at the point where we could talk about him on this show. So, yeah. <laughs> Same, it, 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 yeah, surprise. It's something it, about it, just Jaguars players. Like I said, people just yep. see that and they're like, skip. <laughs> if Evan Ingram's out there, he's my favorite. But then Kate Otten or Greg Dulcich are solid options as well. Moving over to the quarterback position, like you said, we're missing Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert this week. Mm-hmm. Last time I heard those two guys are pretty good. So we're going to have to replace, <laughs> replace yeah. them. And there's one that I'm extremely interested in this week. I'll let you start up to see if you are stealing him from me. But who's your favorite quarterback streamer this week? Okay, so I will say I'm a little interested in Sam Ellinger. I know we talked about how Matt Ryan has been slaying it these last couple of weeks with the 58 um, throws, and I think 44 was the other one. It's pretty clear that even though they have Jonathan Taylor, they love slinging the ball. I'll say this one is probably just for those deeper leagues, maybe those two quarterback leagues. But I'm kind of interested in Sam Ellinger. Like I think if you need like a lottery ticket where, again, you're in like a very deep league, Sam Ellinger is worth the dart throw. Sure. Yeah, I, I I do like that call. They made the switch for for a reason, and I think there is some obvious upside there that Matt Ryan hasn't exactly been uh, tapping into. So I, I like that call. I'm interested to see what he can do. For me, my favorite this weekend kind of goes to my Wandell Robinson play. Daniel Jones. Daniel and Jones. I can't believe I'm touting Daniel Jones. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> last week he's coming. He came. He's coming off a hundred yard rushing performance. You know he's got the the rushing ability. We talk about the matchup against Seattle being something that is something to take advantage of. And Marty, would you believe it if I told you that Daniel Jones is the currently the eighth quarterback in fantasy football? I can't believe that. I, I cannot believe that. I saw a poll earlier on Twitter where it was like, who would you rather have for your starting quarterback for the rest of the fantasy season? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Daniel Jones? And Daniel Jones was far and away. I think he had 69% of all votes. And I'm like, this can't be real. Like, I, I know this can't be real. I just don't believe it. But and it's true, they, the numbers at, back it up. And look at the schedule moving forward. Seattle this week, and they got the bye, so you got to replace them. But then mm-hmm. Houston, Detroit, yeah. Dallas, Washington. <laughs> okay. Bad. Those are good matchups for Daniel are, Jones. And I know matchups. you can't exact. Again, I'm not saying you start Daniel Jones every week. But if you need a streamer over the next couple of weeks, and you know, maybe you just hold him so no one else can stream him, there are some good matchups, and he can – he can win you some weeks. He's got that rushing ability. 
and he's doing well enough without these quarterbacks. It's Daniel Jones, so you know a blow-up can be coming in one of those matchups. You just hope you pick the right one. But I think Daniel Jones against Seattle is a very viable streamer this week. And you know what? Just like I, I just mentioned that poll about the three people. So Daniel Jones's worst game, he got 13.5 points, and that was week six. Uh, Tom Brady this past week had 11 points, and he's also had a game of nine points. And he's also had a game of 10 points. So Daniel Jones's floor is better than Tom Brady's floor, which, again, I can't believe I'm saying. But Danny, Daniel Dimes, he's the guy. <laughs> Danny Dimes finally, finally showing what Giants fans have been waiting for him to show. Oh. Maybe is it too little, too late? That's a conversation to, for another show, but yeah, they just had to not pick up his fifth year option for him to just, just like don't pick up your fifth year option and take all the weapons you've given him and get them hurt. <laughs> so you get all this time. It's like all right, we finally got you Galladay. We got you with Darius Tony, a first round receiver. We're getting Sterling Shepard. You got a lot of targets for you. Let's just get them all hurt and have you throw it to practice squad players. And then finally he's like, oh, these are my kind of people. Um, <laughs> so he finally is showing something out there, and you know, I'm. Yeah. I'm oh, I was going to say, he, he had 100 yards rushing. And it's like, you have to think, when with the ba- when the backfield has Saquon as well, it's like you just don't expect your quarterback to also have mm-hmm. 100 yards rushing. But his his rushing floor has also been pretty solid. He had one six-point game. We'll throw that out the window. With 21 yards, 25, 37, 79. Those are – you take those numbers. Yeah, and he's got three rushing touchdowns. So it's one every two games or so this year. So Crazy. It's – Look, it's, it's week eight, and we're touting Daniel Jones. I can't that. believe it. You're already what making a, a difference on this show, Mario. You're already <laughs> making a difference. And so final streamers we want to get into is defense. Like I said, you know, Chargers have been up to, you know, hit or miss defense. Chiefs have had some matchups. So you may be looking for a streamer this week just in general. People like to stream the defense position, as we know. So if you're looking to do so, what's a matchup you're trying to take advantage of this week? Yeah, so the first one – uh, I am looking at is going to be Indianapolis. They're playing Taylor Heineke, who just defeated Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but still he's like one of those. Taylor Heineke, I feel like he's one of those guys where he, uh, he has that Winston-like um, thing about him where he's just going to throw it and not worry about the consequences. So anytime you're going against a quarterback like that, I think there's just a lot of high upside um, where you're going to get the sacks, you're going to get the picks potentially. So I think Indianapolis is probably my top one. Yeah, I, I like that call. I'll go to the same matchup there. Sam Ellinger making his first career NFL start. You never know how it's going to go. We've seen the Washington Commanders be able to put some pressure on the quarterback. So I, I don't hate the Commanders as a streamer this week in the first start for Sam Ellinger. We know there may be some turnovers viable there. So I think that's a that's a play I might be looking for. And also, I, I do like the Tennessee Titans this week. Uh they're coming off a three turnover touchdown, third three turnover week against the Colts, and are now going up against Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. So uh, Mills is safe, but you know he's not exactly a, a, you know throwing the ball around and you know wreaking havoc on offense. So I think that's a very good matchup Titans can take advantage of. So if you need a defense this week, I think the Titans are a a good defense to pick up in that matchup against Mills. Agreed. And I'll say, um, I guess one other, I'm not too sure what their rostered percentage is, um, but I'm going to throw out the Cowboys defense. They're coming off a monster 26 point performance against Detroit. They're playing Chicago next week. Yep. Uh, I don't trust Chicago's offense at all. They're so one dimensional. Justin Fields, something about Ohio State quarterbacks just have not succeeded in the NFL. So I'll say Dallas Cowboys, like I said, they're probably rostered because they were just going against Detroit. But if you happen to pick them up for that matchup, or if they do get dropped, or if they are available, definitely scoop them up. 
you're learning already. Agent haven't been playing the stream defense against the Bears all season, and you're in your <laughs> second week with us, and you're already joining in the show. So, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. So, lots of good. Oh, I will say this week for streaming defense, just going through that, there are some interesting names out there, and I, I do think this is a this is a more viable strategy this week than others. There's definitely some matchups to take advantage of, and defenses that aren't highly rostered available for you to do so with. So, before we wrap it up, any other any other names you want to throw out there? We kind of. I just, wanna, I, I just want to circle back to um, so we talked about droppables last week, and I was, of course, screaming praises for dropping Kyle Pitts, even though he had just come off of the game where he had his first touchdown on American soil. Well, guess what? Kyle Pitts is back to stinking. I think he had I, I need to pull this off. I don't want to misquote it. He had five targets for three receptions and nine yards. Um, so if you're playing in PPR, at least he got you the four. But if you're playing non-PPR, he just got you a point nine. Um, Kyle Pitts is droppable. But I'll say it again, drop <laughs> drop Kyle Pitts. He should not be on a fantasy roster. I'm really sorry you wasted your fourth round pick, your fifth round pick, hopefully not your third round pick on him. But even though he was drafted in the fourth overall by the Falcons last year, it is so clear what this team wants to do, and that is to not sling the ball, which is a shame because Drake London is also someone I'm a big fan of. But if they just don't throw the ball, you can't rely on their pass catchers. So we're talking guys to drop Kyle Pitts. I just have a feeling this is going to be a drum you're going to be banging all season. Forward, <laughs> until but, he's dropped, until I go on yeah. sleeper and I see that rostered percentage is zero, I like there are some people that still need to know. I need to spread the good word. Hey, that's why we brought you on board. Start spreading the good word. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, he's got that touchdown upside. He did have that end zone target late in the game that could have helped his total. But like you said, Falcons pass for assault, or run for offense, excuse me. They don't throw the ball a lot. So, you know, not much volume for Kyle Pitts. I, I'm i still part of the – I don't know if I can do it because he's got that league-winning upside. But, you know, it's six or seven weeks in, and it's like he has his How upside. How many weeks when, in? When's he actually going to show it? So I don't know if I'd start him, but <sighs> dropping him, it's tough. But then are we going to roster two tight ends? Like a rose by yeah. any other name, and that's the Kyle Pitts syndrome right now. Like we just have to just pretend like he's any other name. And then you're like, <laughs> why do I have this tight end that just got me – four points or again in zero ppr he just got you ha- less than a point and i do I mark andrews did that but i'm not dropping mark andrews but like kyle pitts yeah. is his own animal the good news i don't have him on any of my roster so i don't have to Smart. make that decision <laughs> you know not full i mean for some people around there but not a point but i don't have to make that decision but if you have him in your leagues i don't envy you having to make that decision because he's got that upside but like i said when's it actually going to show that upside you know does he actually have the upside if he can actually can't show it, but that's a conversation for another show. But, you know, if you need someone this week, it's a viable option. I don't know if I would do it, but we know where Mario stands. That's for sure. Drop Kyle Pitts. <laughs> so, Mario, if you, if you want to see more of Mario's drop Kyle Pitts ticks, I know he has takes. I know he has the uh, his own podcast as well as Twitter. Plug your work. Plug your Twitter. You know, let people know where they can find you since you'll be joining me pretty much for the next however many weeks each and every show. Yeah, and I'm excited too. Really happy to be here. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Mario Adamo Jr. Uh, I also write a bunch of articles for QB List. I'm part of the What We Saw. I'm part of the Start Cinem. I'm very active on the Reddit. So if you ask a question, I'm usually one of the guys that gives you that that tells you to drop Kyle Pitts there as well. Uh, and then you can also find me. I have another podcast. Uh, me and my co-host Sean Brady. We have a podcast, Not a Competition. You can find us on Twitter at Not a Comp Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts. 
uh, where we mostly just talk about our own personal fantasy leagues. And then we talk about games against the spread. We talk about matchups we like, whether and then just other fantasy nonsense, whether it's trade targets we're going after. I'm always rambling about dropping Kyle Pitts and just more because stuff like that. So check us out. You think you should drop Kyle Pitts? I don't know if I've gotten that in my head yet this show. But Oh, my God. Like, if there's one thing you take away from my incoherent rambling, it's these three simple words of drop Kyle Pitts. <laughs> and, and you can find me on Twitter at Calendar Score. Also, Liger, not as many drop Kyle Pitts takes, but, hey, you want to see some fantasy football stuff, you know where to find me on that. You can find the show at VQB List. We'll have the... Uh, QBList.com, of course, where you can find all the work that he mentioned. I'm in the what we I'm on the start with sit team. I've been taking some steps back due to being busy at work, but I'll be jumping back into those articles soon enough. And you can also find me very active on our Discord. You go to the QBList.com, you go to PitcherList.com, get PL Plus. You have 24/7 access to all the members of the QBList staff. You can talk football with us, you can talk life with us. It's a great community. Football Sundays are awesome there because you literally get caught up in everything. That James Robinson news, I got basically by checking the Discord mid-show by seeing someone <laughs> post a tweet in there. So I was gonna, tw- I saw, got the alert on my phone. I was like, I'm gonna post this in there, and I already got beat beat to it. So <laughs> we're on top of our stuff here on that show and on the site. And if you wanna talk football with us, life, get some, have your start sick questions, waiver wire questions directly asked to us, we're available. So you can definitely find us there. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Good luck with your week eight waiver wire ads and we'll be seeing you soon and hopefully nothing changes in this patriot bears game that makes us have to add another name to this list soon enough but thanks for listening best of luck this coming week with your waiver wire bids peace